1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. And a good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. USA Wealth Group. Love that company. And every Sunday at this time, they sponsor, they present to you one of the best shows around. Money Wise with the Money Guys. How's that for an introduction? Ray and Peter Lance. You like that? That's a super introduction, <laughs> Phil. Thank you very much. All right, buddy. Good, Good morning. morning. Good, Good morning, morning, everyone. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We are your financial and retirement guys. Thank you for making us a part of your morning. The mission of USA Wealth Group, as we tell you every week, is to show you how you can protect your family and protect your money. And it has to be in that order because family always comes first, doesn't it, Pete? It certainly does. Definitely. If you ask anybody what's most important to you in your life, I mean, clearly your health is, but your family is. And money comes second. But we want to make sure you have enough money to take care of your family. So our goal every single week is to show you some different kinds of thinking that might help you or motivate you and help you make some good decisions so that you can take better care of your family. So welcome, Peter. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Peter. Good to see you. Always. Always, buddy. (laughs) So let's get started right away. Our topic today is... um, the biggest retirement risk, running out of money in retirement before you run out of time. And we all want to live as long as possible. But we've got a lot of ideas and things we're going to share with you today. You know, one of the things I did, ladies and gentlemen, earlier in my career, actually not that long ago, is I took a training course up in Toronto, and I did it for about seven years on strategic planning. And it was with a gentleman named Dan Sullivan. And one of the things that he had to say was always make your future bigger than your past. Have bigger goals, bigger visions, bigger plans, and be thinking about how you can make improvements. And that's what we're all about today. That's what it means to uh, be a human and to age and mature is to always make changes and improvements uh, with your life, with your career, with your personality, with everything. Mm -hmm. Like that, yeah. Yep. Well, some really funny things are happening in the financial markets now. Um, We've had a really low interest rate structure in this country for quite a while, Uh, probably a good eight to ten years. We've had very low interest rates, and we're finally going to climb out of that a little bit, it looks like. So, for example, the 10-year Treasury note, which is sort of the bellwether measuring stick that we use to determine is the economy getting better or is it not getting better, Uh, The current yield on a 10-year Treasury uh, used to be at 1.85%, and it has just recently closed at over 2%. And this has happened only in the last two weeks. So that's a good indicator. That's a good sign that things might be getting better. But something really really strange has happened in uh, the Japanese market, in Austria, and other places like that. They're now issuing bonds. When you think of a bond, you think of a, a long-term investment. Right. Um, for example, savings bonds. You might buy savings bonds at $50 for a $100 bond, and maybe it has a, a 20-year term or a 30-year term, more likely. Um, how about a 70-year term on a bond? Doesn't that seem a little strange? Yes. 
Well, the country of Austria has just recently issued sovereign debt, that's like yeah. treasury notes, uh, with a 70-year maturity. Uh, and even in Japan, they're doing the same thing. So that's an indicator that... People uh, are living longer, don't they? <laughs> well, people are living longer. Bonds are certainly going to live longer. They're going to outlive us, aren't they? Well, um, I did not hear about that with uh, Germany. I did hear about that with Japan. And one of the interesting things is uh, in Japan, the real estate is so expensive that they have had for a long time now, I'm talking at least 10 years or so, uh, loans that are called multi-generational loans yeah, for real estate. Really? Where you're basically uh, you know, going to have a, a mortgage of 60, 70, 80 years, and you're basically knowing when you sign that paperwork, you're passing that debt along to your children. That's amazing, huh? It's the only way they can buy a house. Sheesh. <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't come to that wow. in this country. Although there, there have been some 50-year mortgages granted in this country. I never heard of them. Believe it or that not. That yep. is interesting. They are available. And... You know, why would you want to? The American dream typically is to buy a house, pay off your mortgage, get out of debt, and be able to retire with having no mortgage payments. I wonder, I wonder what the price would be if you bought a $300,000 home with a 50-year mortgage, how much the bank would make on that. It was, it's probably oh, they make four or five times the oh, worth. At least. At least. <laughs> yep. Unbelievable. We've done some interesting little uh Things with doubling your money and how long it takes, and those are interesting exercises. Yeah. Peter did. You did one for me, Pete, recently. You talked about what happens if you take a penny. Would you rather have a penny? If I give you a penny today and say we're going to double it every day for just 30 days, or I'll give you $10,000 right now, which one would you rather take? I'd rather take the penny any yeah. day. It's well over a million dollars that it would create by doubling every single day. Starting with a penny. So be careful of what you're looking at, ladies and gentlemen. It's um, compound interest. Compounding interest. And by the way, you know, we talk lately about what's the value of a college education and how expensive it is to go to college. And we've talked recently about the importance of vocational education for many people. Mm -hmm. uh, 32% of American adults. Um, have a college degree in hand, uh, at least age 25 and older, only 32%. 68% of American adults did not graduate from college. Little known statistic, but kind of important when you think about it. You know, so many people think, gee, I have to save money because my kid's going to go to college, but not a lot of people do mm -hmm. go to college when you think about it. Well, uh, back in, you know, your generation and, you know, people older, uh, it wasn't as common for people to go to college. A lot of people just picked up a trade, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially those five, ten years older than you. Uh, and then it became the norm in my generation that almost everyone had to go to college. Oh, you've got to go to college. Yeah. And it's sort of transitioning back again to a lot of people wanting to pick up a trade. And I see that with my own 13-year-old son. He still has five years to go before he's out of high school. Um, but there's a lot of his peers that are already talking about that and you know, wanting to pick up a trade instead of going to college. Um, you know, you, you've got college debt, 
um, your, your student loan debt that carries with you for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now in today's job market, you almost need a master's degree in whatever field you're going into uh, in order to get a job nowadays. So you're talking about seven years of college instead of just the four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. Well, I can tell you from personal experience because I've had two different sets of people in my office this past week where both men in the household um, were employed by unions. One was a painter in the painter's union, the other one was a laborer in the laborer's union, or an equipment operator, for example. But by the time they finish their career, they have contributed to a union pension fund, which is why their wages tend to be a little higher. And they also have side funds that they've contributed to. And they're retiring with very nice benefits. My grandfather, by the way, um, who I mentioned before, uh, served in World War I in the Marine Corps and fought in France. He never went to college. He did finish high school. But right from coming back from the Marines in World War I, he got a job at the post office. And he worked 40 years at the post office. Mm-hmm. And he retired, and he had a very nice pension at that point. Pensions are different now, even oh, at the post yes. office. My father uh, finished 10th grade. He never even graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, he went into the Marine Corps at the age of 17 and went right into combat shortly after that. He spent 20 years in the Marine Corps, had a government military pension. He retired as a first sergeant. It was fairly reasonable. And then he went to work for an insurance company up in Worcester, and he became the building superintendent, basically, which, which he ran like he did the Marines. Sure. And when he retired from that company, he had a second pension. You see? And then he had Social Security. Well, how many small business owners... Have you run into who don't have a college degree, who owned their own businesses over the years? Very successful people. Absolutely. You know, we we still live in a country where working hard and having a vision and and, um, putting in your time every day is very important. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you one thing other small business owners don't have. What's that? They figure they're going to work forever, and they don't (laughs) think about retirement. You mean we don't? (laughs) Well, we did the uh, business succession plan show about, what, two months ago? Mm -hmm. Uh, If anybody wants a copy of that, if you have a small business or a business of any kind and you need to make plans, we can get you a copy of that. The reality is today a lot of us cannot stop working because we need the money. Yes, absolutely. And... um, Is it your retirement plan to be a Walmart greeter, for example? Well, it is for a lot of people. Would I make a good Walmart greeter? Come on, oh, be honest. Absolutely, but people would never get in the door because everybody you'd gets be a hug. Talking to them so much, um, you'd have a backup. You'd have a hug for everybody that came in the door. You'd stop them from shopping, and then you'd talk to them. But you know what? I bet they'd all come back just to see you. <laughs> Probably. So that's, that's a good retirement job. Well, here's some questions to ask yourself. What do you want the rest of your life to look like? How do you want to spend your time in retirement? And how much money is that going to require? How much cash are you going to need to live the lifestyle that you currently have? And are you going to have other income sources? And what will your future income sources be? For example, a lot of people will have Social Security. But remember about Social Security, it was not designed to pay all of your retirement needs. It was designed to help you, but it was not designed 
to cover your whole retirement. So how much additional income are you going to need to have financial independence? Sort of like welfare wasn't designed to be a lifestyle choice. It was designed to be a transition from one job to the next. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good um, analogy. So here's a couple of quick things to tell you about bonds because a lot of people say, well, I want to be in bonds because bonds are safe. Well, let me give you a couple of key points to remember about bonds. If the interest rates go up, the value of your existing bond is going to go down. And people say to me all the time, and sometimes it'll be educated people with lots of assets, and they'll say, gee, um, well, I'm getting my dividend every month. That's not going to continue. And I will say, no, it's not going to continue. But if you needed to sell your bond, now you have to sell it at a discount. So you're going to lose money on your principal. If interest rates go down, uh, correspondingly, the value of an existing bond will most likely go up. So people think of bonds as being a risk-free investment, but they're not. And especially in kind of an uncertain environment that we have right now. So there's lots of interesting things happening in the economy. You know, Pete, we talk a lot about um, protecting your family. One of the simplest things that everybody ought to think about, the quickest and easiest thing you can do to protect your family, if you haven't done so so far, is to have some life insurance. And you talk about that a lot as being something that's so important for everybody. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, I sound like a broken record, but uh, I consider it to be the single most important uh, financial tool that you can have. Um for your family, for your loved ones, I just think that it is, um, it's not boring. A lot of people think that life insurance is boring or morbid, but it is without a doubt, uh, I think the best tool that you can have in your financial toolbox to protect yourself and your family. Mm -hmm. And here's a real good example. Let's say you have a husband or wife and they both recently have retired and maybe there's a small pension, maybe there's not, but they both have a social security check, typically. And when you have a social security check and you've got two checks coming in, that's good and you can get by financially. So what happens when the first spouse dies? Yes, the surviving spouse is going to get the larger of the two checks, mm -hmm. but you're only going to get one check now. So the smaller check is going to disappear. That's going to go away. Right. So life insurance can make up the difference. And one of the things I like to say, Peter, is that at a minimum, you ought to have $10,000 worth of insurance to cover burial and funeral expenses. Why should you go take that money out of a savings account or a checking account or ask your children to contribute? I mean, a lot of people haven't even thought about that. So An amount that small uh is so inexpensive for those who you know are younger especially yet the value of that when you do ultimately uh pass is it's priceless i can't tell you you know it's probably a half a dozen times a year i get somebody saying my father is uh passing away soon is there any way to get some burial insurance for him uh some funeral insurance for him and you know, no, not if you're going to be passing away fairly soon and you're much older now, but the the smaller policies that pay out when you ultimately go, such a valuable thing. It's tax-free, it's immediate uh, money that is one less thing for your family to have to think about and worry about. So if you want to protect your family, at a minimum, have a $10,000 insurance policy 
at a minimum, that's going to help take care of funeral and burial expenses. So you don't have to go scrambling for that money and take it out of something else. But and you should do more, right, Pete? Absolutely. Um, I don't think that you can have enough life insurance, and there's different policies. You know, I, I, I like to see people with multiple policies, a term policy and a whole policy and a smaller um, burial policy. And uh, the benefits are completely tax-free. But it's not just about, you know, thinking of when you ultimately pass. There's so many other uses for life insurance, including uh, your own retirement uh, and college savings. And Mm -hmm. there's just many other uses for it that people don't uh, really think about. And by the way, Peter, you're named as a beneficiary in my life insurance policy. For now. I'm still in your good graces. Well, you're actually only a contingent beneficiary. So... Um, your mother is the primary beneficiary, and if she passes away before I do, then you get to share in some of that. All right. What do you think of that? I don't really want to be thinking about it, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about money. You know, we want to talk about the biggest retirement risk you have, which is running out of money before you run out of time. So we talk on this show a lot about money, and money is important But the show is not just about money. It's really about what you do with it. I would say with regards to that, almost every single person I've ever met with who is greatly concerned about whether they're going to have enough money uh, to live off of and enjoy the same lifestyle that they're currently living are doing so well for themselves because they've been so worried about it. And the people who are sort of flipping about it and are thinking that everything's going to be fine, you look at their situation and you say, holy cow, these people are in trouble and need to do some planning. Well, Sir Francis Bacon once said, money is a good servant, but a bad master. Mmm, bacon. No, that's a different bacon. Oh. (laughs) So really, in the end, though, it's not money that we're after. It's, it's really, you know, what can money create for us? Can it give us freedom? Can it give us security? Can it help us to help others that have a need, you know, family members? Um, so if you were to inherit money, for example, Pete, you might pay off a mortgage on your house, for example, and then be able to save more money yourself because you weren't having to make a mortgage payment. I still would like to find out, and I, I keep thinking about this every once in a while, who it was that said money doesn't buy happiness, because that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Um, you know, I've been in tough situations in my life for sure, and when you mm-hmm. uh, come into a little bit of money for uh, you know, a job well done or something else, and you're able to get caught up on bills, and you're able to you know, be comfortable, yes. that sure buys a lot of happiness. You? <laughs> <laughs> well... Why do, why do people keep working in retirement? You know, we want to talk about running out of money and specifically not running out of money in retirement. And a lot of people keep working after retirement because they want to work. They That's how they're wired. They've worked all their lives. It gives them meaning. It gives them significance. And um, But it would be nice to have the financial freedom that you didn't have to work, that you'd be able to actually retire. Between work and my three children and all the activities that they're involved in, I don't know what I would do if all of a sudden I had no job, no kids to care after that they were all grown up and gone. I could, I'd be bored out of my mind. I could do it for like a week and then I'd be saying, I need to do something. <laughs> right. Well, the fact is that in this country, 77% of Americans, that's three quarters of Americans, 
say that they have financial worries, but yet only 40% of Americans report that they have any kind of a plan for savings or investment. Mm -hmm. And one out of three baby boomers, and that's people basically my age and your age, Pete, Phil, mm -hmm. sure. not Pete, Phil. Um, <laughs> one out of three baby boomers, one-third of us, only have saved $1,000. So what we have to do is we have to think about, instead of being a consumer in the economy, we think about how you can be an investor in the economy and manage to accumulate money. Yes. And it's really confusing today because there's something like 10,000 mutual funds, 14,000 exchange-traded funds, hundreds of global stock exchanges to choose from. And it's really confusing today. People need advice and people need help. And that's what we try to do. You talked and, about uh, some interesting things that were happening in the economy. We just hit another record high in the stock market. 19,000. Yep, over 19,000 for the wow. first time ever. That's amazing. It really is. Well, it is amazing on the one hand, but on the other hand, there's some real important things in our history that you might want to know about as well. And I'll have that information for you shortly. But the fact is that there have been long, sustained periods when the stock market has been entirely flat. It hasn't produced returns. So everybody gets excited when they think, wow, we have new records in the stock market. I better put money in the stock market. But I'm going to show you some statistics in a little while why mm. that isn't always the case. It isn't always what it seems. Well, it's, you know, normally you want to put money in the stock market when it's low, so then it does go up again. But, you know, that's... The biggest thing is, another thing that we have certainly mentioned is nobody has a crystal ball, and many a thing, many things affect our economy and the stock market. Uh, a lot of them which are out of our control, out of our own government's control. Uh, other um, countries and their economics uh, certainly come into play, as well as natural uh, disasters, earthquakes, tsunamis, other things, um, you know, affect our our markets you just don't know what's going to happen but the fact is you're not going to make more money by listening to this show you're not going to make more money by reading articles in the paper you're only going to make more money if you take some action and do something about it if you want to just sit back and think well this is interesting information yes i have to do something uh, nothing's going to change unless you make something change well listen to this one of your favorite people mark twain said the secret of getting ahead is getting started. My point exactly. I could have said that, couldn't I? <laughs> you just sort of did. Well, I did, didn't I? <laughs> um, well, it's right. I mean, you have to have a plan. So one of the things that we can do at USA Wealth Group, you can reach us, by the way, at 508-998-8858, is we'll help you create a plan. We want to analyze your budget and your needs, and we want to show you Here's some very positive steps you can take to make yourself more money, to protect your family better. And that's what we're all about. So we encourage people to do that. Also visit our website at usawealthgroup.com. It's fairly easy to do. And, um, you know, there's questions about whether you should get a new car or continue to patch up an old car. Sometimes it's more economical to fix up an old car, but more often than not, it's better to have a newer car that's more reliable. So I've had a car now for almost four years, and I've always gotten a new car um, or a slightly uh, 
used car, you know, only a couple of years old, every three years or so. And I've had this vehicle for almost four years, and it's going to be paid off very soon. And when it is, I'm not doing anything but just going to continue to drive that. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, until and unless it becomes an unreliable uh, vehicle where you're pouring money into it, mm -hmm. it just makes sense to hold on to it as long as possible. Yep. Okay. If it's running and you maintain it, another good tip. We uh, should do a whole show. Uh, we did this years ago. I don't know if you've done any uh, in my absence. Um, just tips on how to save money and how to uh, make more money. Just tips the entire show. Yeah, we do that sometimes. By the way, my car is four years old, and I love it. I enjoy it. It wasn't a hugely expensive car when I bought it, and, you know, I'd like to keep it running as long as possible. But I want to mention a couple of quick books before we take our break also. Um, I've mentioned this before. Uh, if you have a pen and paper, write this down. Here's a couple of good books you can buy. You can buy them at BJ's. You can buy them at Barnes & Noble or online. Uh, Tony Robbins, who's a motivational speaker, has written a book called Money, Master the Game. It's a big book. It takes hours and hours to read it, but it's got a lot of good information. Money, Master the Game by Tony Robbins. Another good book is a book that's a classic. It's been around for a long time. Napoleon Hill is the author. Think and grow rich. And you don't grow rich just by sitting down and thinking. You have to take some action in order to do it. But um, we want to show you some more ideas about the biggest retirement risk, and that is really running out of money before you run out of time. The worst thing you can possibly do is not to have enough money in retirement and then run out, and now you're going to have to do some drastic things or become dependent upon your children. So stay tuned. You're listening to USA Wealth Group's MoneyWise, and we will be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. We're so thrilled every Sunday morning to be here with you and talk to you about some ideas that might help you, might help your family. You know, Peter, we're here with uh, Peter Lance and, of course, our host, Phil Peleologos. What a pleasure. The man with a mustache. <laughs> what does mustache mean, Phil? I have no idea. He's Little Mouse. Does it? Yes. Mustache? I think so. <laughs> Doesn't it be? I have no idea. He's a little, little mouse, mouse under your nose. He's better than Big Rat. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> well, we're, we're so happy that you can listen to us every Sunday morning. Uh, our topic today is your most important retirement risk, which is running out of money before you run out of time. We're all living a lot longer today, which is the good news. And the bad news is that we're all living a lot longer <laughs> because our resources have to last. And Tennessee Williams said, you can be young without money, but you can't be old without it. Ooh. That's true. Tennessee Williams said that? Yep. Do you know who Tennessee Williams was? Uh... I don't. Okay. Country country singer, maybe? He was a country singer, yes. <laughs> Sounds like one. He's also a <laughs> great, uh, great uh, playwright. Playwright? Yeah, he was a playwright. And there's another Tennessee Williams. Author. Who was a um, country music singer. 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older oh, and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because... I can't go. I owe my soul to the company's store. Dun, 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 he actually dun, had a show dun. on television long before you were born, Pete. Folks, um, I bid you adieu. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah, let's talk about making money. That was Tennessee Ernie, right? Oh, it, it, that was, was Tennessee it, Ernie it was. Ford. I've mixed them. <laughs> Tennessee. Thank you, Phil. I'm so, I'm so glad that you're a historian. <laughs> so I got really carried away here, Peter. It was the Tennessee that got us. <laughs> <coughs> it was Tennessee Ernie Ford, wasn't it? He had a unique voice. Yes, he did. He had a really deep, deep, gravelly voice. I think we should do an entire show <laughs> karaoke. Forgive us. Phil, we'll just do a little rotation of songs that we like to sing. <laughs> For, forgive us, ladies and gentlemen. Phil and I have sinned. <laughs> I think it's the first time we've sung on the show in five years. <laughs> we, we won't make it a habit. No. <laughs> well, so I, 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 we gave you some misdirection there, Pete. Tennessee Ernie Ford was the singer who did sing 16 tons of coal. Yeah, there's veering off the track, and then there's just derailing the whole train. <laughs> well, we won't make Williams this glass menagerie. And... <laughs> anyway, yes. well, the most important things that we have to do is to create a plan in our life because it's not only going to make a difference in your life; it's going to make a difference in somebody else's life. Whether it's leaving a bigger inheritance for your children and having helping them. Uh, get established better in life, whether it's making sure that your surviving spouse is going to be taken care of properly and not have to worry and be struggling about money. So the first simple step, as we were just saying, is get some life insurance and not just the basics. It, it's fairly inexpensive. Give us a call. Give a call to Peter or to me, and we'll be happy to sit down with you. There's no obligation. We can run quotations fairly simply. And gosh, if you don't take action and do this, then you're really not taking care of your family. It's that simple. And Social Security, you know, there's been questions in the past few years about whether that's going to be there for you when you retire. Most likely, yes, but it's not a guarantee. Um, but that's one of the things that we do as well as Social Security calculations, especially if you have worked uh, at a position where you paid into Social Security and worked another job where you're going to be receiving a pension. There's something called a pension offset. Uh, so I can do those calculations for you as well. Well, that's a good point, Pete, because, you know, really what we're talking about when we say don't run out of money in retirement is making sure you have enough income. So let's talk about some ways that we can do that. Um, do your children do a better job on the computer than you do, Peter? Um, that's... Uh, a difficult question because they have phones and they are so they do so much on their phones nowadays. That's what these kids do. Uh, they do spend time on the computer at school, so I don't know what they are able to do there. Um, but yes, I mean, as technology advances, it's the younger generation that ultimately is the one that uh, the ones who have the most knowledge and 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 can work it more effectively than we can. I know that I am certainly faster with almost everything on a computer than you are, and I yes. know all the little tips and tricks. Yep. Um, but I know that there's people who are 10, 20 years younger than me who grew up with a, a laptop or a tablet from the time they were able to walk, and they can do things that I couldn't even dream of. And so the reason that they're better at computers and, and uh, smartphones and video games and everything else than we are it's because they do a lot of it, and they've grown up with it, like you said. And I wanted to use that analogy because that's really what we do, 
If you haven't grown up, you know, working with clients about money and studying possibilities and learning things that people can do, you don't have the tools, you don't have the experience to do that. And that's what we offer at USA Wealth Group. So there really is an important message there. We want to show you things that you can do to create income for life. We want you to have financial freedom. And as you said, Social Security is going to be there, but it's not ever designed to take care of all of your money. And we have very specific uh, thoughts about that as well. If you have no other source of retirement income or assets, um, then yes, of course, you're going to want to uh, collect Social Security as soon as you're eligible. Um, but we always recommend that if you can push it off and delay it, you uh, will be receiving a much greater benefit. Well, let's think for a minute about what Social Security uh, pays us for. We work 30 years or we work 40 years, and then we collect Social Security, but you're going to live another 30 years in retirement. So it's not realistic to expect that if you're not saving money and doing something in addition to Social Security that you're going to have enough money. Social Security is not going to take care of all of your needs. So don't expect to work 40 years or 30 years and then live another 30 years and think you're going to have enough income to live on. Now there's going to be a big gap, especially if you're looking to live the same lifestyle. Here's a great quote by Vince Lombardi, uh, who Good is guy. the second best coach of all time. Um, the man on top of the mountain didn't fall there. Mm, so nice. You have my curiosity, Pete. Who is the first well, best you know that. coach of all times? Bill Belichick, you know that. Yeah, probably. Now, there's actually, um, just in the last few months, there's been a lot of uh, former NFL players and analysts who um, are saying quite seriously that now Belichick should be known as the greatest coach of all time. And there are some who are even calling for the Lombardi Trophy to be renamed, which I don't think will ever happen. No, but. I don't think that'll ever happen either. He was a great motivator also, wasn't he? Yep. Well, he also what? did it in a time where there was uh, no parity. You could become a super team, pay a lot of players a lot more money. There was no salary cap. There were fewer teams. The season was shorter, so it was much easier to win championships back then. Mm. But he was a great coach and a great motivator, as you said. Well, maybe, Pete, in time we will be known as the greatest retirement coaches of all time. With the number one most listened to radio show every Sunday morning. Well, of course. There you go. Listen, here's some information by Mass Mutual, a, a very important insurance company in Massachusetts. Um, and they did a survey and they asked baby boomers to name their number one fear. So, what do you think it was, Phil? Death? Terrorism? Pestilence? No. The number one fear of baby boomers was outliving their savings. Sure. And I think that's a concern for all of us. We don't want to be a burden to our kids. We don't want to have nothing to live on. We all worry about money and running out of money. Well, this is something from that Tony Robbins uh, book that you were mentioning earlier, I think right before the break. Uh, he says, have you ever noticed that no matter how much you earn, you always find a way to spend it? So in other words, even if you receive a raise at your uh, current job, somehow you'll end up spending that instead of setting any more aside for savings for your retirement uh, you know, you look at Mike Tyson, he made more money than any other boxer in history at the time, and yet mm -hmm. he went bankrupt shortly after retiring. Right. He spent it all. <laughs> well, I think that's true with a lot of athletes, but it's true of a lot of people in general. They make more money, and they think it's going to last forever, but they're not going to work forever. 
And so they build up their lifestyle to come up to the level of their income. And there are a lot of athletes who go and they spend and spend and spend and every single nickel goes to houses and cars and boats and everything else. And then you got other people who, you know, you hear about once in a while who they have a financial advisor and they are investing most of their money and living fairly modestly for a superstar athlete. Gronk. We, uh, I was actually thinking of other people, but yeah, that's, that's true. Gronk, um, my understanding is that he is not taking any of his... Um, salary and using it to support his lifestyle or right. or anything else. He's setting that aside and investing it. Uh, he's using his um, advertising dollars and his his uh, contracts with testimonials and things yep, like that, and using that money to live off of. So, Gronkowski, does he have a first name? By the way, <laughs> I've only ever heard of him as Gronkowski or Gronk. Gronk. What's his real name? It's Rob. Oh, that's right, Rob. How Come on, I not know that. <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, people think of him as a. Big, dumb, you know, silly. Hardly. No. I think he looks like a, a Labrador retriever puppy running up and down the field, but he is not um, what a lot of people think he is, which is this dumb partier. He's actually doing a very smart thing. Well, the fact is today that most people don't have pension plans anymore. Uh, even companies that have pension plans are eliminating pension plans, and then they offer a lump sum buyout to people saying, we are not going to be able to afford the pensions in the future, so we're going to calculate the lump sum value of your pension now mm -hmm. and pay it to you. And you can take it out, and you can pay income taxes on it, or you can roll it over into an IRA. We've done quite a lot of that kind of work. And so if you're ever in a situation where somebody wants to eliminate your pension plan and they want to offer you a lump sum buyout, Make sure you get some good advice, and we're happy to do that. We've done it many, many times. Yeah, we just talked a minute ago about how no matter how much money you make, most people find a way to spend it. So even if you get a raise, you end up spending it and ending up in the same position as you were before. Uh, my wife actually recently received a raise at her uh, job, and... At the same time, uh, the Human Resources Department asked if she wanted to change anything and how much she contributes to her 401k. Mm -hmm. And she asked me, and I said, absolutely not. I said, if anything, increase it a little bit. Definitely. Um, you know, you just sort of set it and forget it. And it, once that money is gone every week from your paycheck, you find a way to get by, and, and that money is forgotten for now. Well, you and have to be frugal. There for, yeah. You have to be frugal. You know, a Ross Perot, remember <clears throat> Ross sure. Perot? Yeah, he was a good guy. Remember the car he drove in? Uh, everyone had, you know, all these wonderful cars, and he had one of these typical, you know, everyday laborer's car. Mm -hmm. And that's that's why he's rich. Uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett has driven a pickup truck that's probably 20 years old for and still, years. Still lives in a modest, just modest home. I mean, you would like a ranch house. Yeah, it's yeah. like a ranch house with probably two or three bedrooms or something. You wouldn't believe it if you passed it. No. Nope. Um, and then once there was a magazine that sent out checks for nine cents, and they sent these checks to millionaires and billionaires around the world to see who would sign it and send it. Uh, you know, <laughs> obviously cash the nine cent check, and only two did. One was a, a, a king over in Morocco. The other one was Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can believe that. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> well, I am by no means wealthy, but I am 
always stopping to pick up a penny, a nickel, a, a dime that I see on the sidewalk, and I can't believe other people don't. <laughs> do, you, do you know where that comes from, Peter? Probably from you. No, it comes from, well, it comes from me, but it comes from my mother. My mother would always pick up a penny on yes. the sidewalk. Yes, here too. And I do the same thing. I have a jar at my house that I put all of my spare change into, and I have a jar at my office, and when they both get filled up, I bring them to the bank. And you're talking a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars easily. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. It was two hundred dollars. <laughs> sure. Well, we need to have a plan, and you need to have a little discipline. You need to master yourself. So, Greek philosophy time, Phil. Yes. <laughs> no person is free who is not master of himself. Oh, oh, did you see my big fat Greek wedding? That was Epictetus. Oh, <laughs> I am going to start loading some sounds on my phone and during certain parts of the show like when we're about to do a quote i'll have one sound effect and when yeah. we're when it's greek time i'll have you know <laughs> something i can press and we'll we'll all know that it's greek time now who, who runs the finances <laughs> in your family your wife uh i used to uh and you then just answered your question <laughs> back well yes pretty much no and then my wife um said she wanted more control and and all the decision making with finances and so she uh did take over about six years ago and over the past year or so we have a very good um discussion and mutual involvement with everything we both check the account all the time we both decide which bills to pay now versus which bills to pay later um so no we we actually work together at it now so a great quote from my big fat greek wedding ready ready the man is the head but the woman is the neck and celeste says don't you dare (laughs) she says don't you dare say that in this house Now, Phil, do you use Windex to do everything to, <laughs> to clean infected cuts? It's and good stuff. It really <laughs> very well, handy. Happy wife, happy life. I've said that many times. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're all in trouble. <laughs> We're all in trouble. We may as well sign off right now. <laughs> Between the singing and this. <laughs> well, let's talk about the discipline of savings. If you're working and you have a regular paycheck, put money aside every single week. The power of compounding is huge. We've talked about it so many times before. Well, if you're talking, I mean, some people might not even be able to do this, but $40 a week, you know, it doesn't sound like a ton, but some people might not be able to set it aside. But if you do, you're talking $2,000 a year in savings, just $40 a week. The other important lesson is that the earlier you can start that, the better. So if you have your first job, or even if you're 30, or if you're 35, start today, start tomorrow, and put money aside every week. And if you're young and you can set aside $40 a week with compounding interest, by the time you go to retire, you're talking an account of over $500,000. You know, we've talked about the rule of 72 before, and it's a very important rule. It tells you how long it takes at various interest rates for money to double. So if you've got all your money in a bank right now and you're making one half of 1%, Phil, guess how many years it takes to double your money at one half of 1%? Uh, 150. <laughs> 144 years. Does it? Yes, it does. And here's how it works. Write this down, ladies and gentlemen, right now. Write down the number 72 yep. and divide that by the interest rate that you're receiving. And that tells you how long it takes you to double your money. So, for example, if you were earning 4%, you divide 72 by 4, it takes you 18 years to double your money. Wow. So roughly money doubles in 
uh, 10 years if you're making 7%. So if you're fortunate enough, and if you think about it, take 72 yeah. divided by 7, right, right. it's 10, 10.3. 10. Yeah. So the rule of 72 is very important. It tells you how long it'll take you to double your money. There are many, many other reports we offer, by the way. If anybody would like to have one of our reports, go to our website. Uh, visit us at usawealthgroup.com. Give us a call. I mean, we've got so many things that we can share with you. There's no obligation. doesn't cost anything. Yeah, I don't think that we've given out the address or the phone number today. Well, we're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. We're almost across the street from Vanity Fair as you go up Fonts Corner Road. And our phone number is 508-998-8858. I asked the office to give a list of some of the various reports that we can uh, provide you. We have the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. We have Retirement Redefined. We have something called Preparing for an Income to Last a Lifetime. The Savvy Parent's Guide to Cutting College Costs. And... Um, Many other similar things. Well, we've got all these guides, and we do receive several calls every week for peop from people who listen to the show who ask us to mail out uh, either a packet on this or a packet on that. But in addition, I mean, this show has been going on for six years now probably. Well, we okay. have all of them um, stored on a hard drive as well as CDs of every single show. I can almost certainly guarantee you that if there's a topic that you are interested in, uh, that we can find the show and send it to you uh, on CD so you can listen to it for yourself. So give our office a call and, and we'll be happy to send you any information that you're looking for with uh, no obligation. By the way, are you dinging, Peter? That is not me. No? Somebody's dinging here. I, th I think it's, uh, you know, um, what's that little uh, twink? Tinkle bell? Every time a bell Tinkle rings, bell. an angel gets its wings. That's it. We've got a lot of angels. <laughs> here. Well, I wouldn't go so far. Guardian angels. I wouldn't go so far, Phil, with you in the room <laughs> to say we have a lot of angels in the room. <laughs> yeah. That calls, right. for, that calls for a song. No, never mind. <laughs> no more songs today. <laughs> well, you're going to make some decisions. The first most important thing you do is say that the time is now I'm going to take some action you need to look at the fees that you're paying so if you think that you're in mutual funds I can't tell you how many people I tell I talk to who say well my mutual fund is doing pretty good and I ask them the question what are you paying for fees they have no idea so if you're paying two or three percent for fees mm -hmm. then the money is coming out of your investment return pure and simple yeah, right now, even with the rates going up, uh, you really should not have your money, um, at least a large portion of it, in CDs or in uh, savings, checking, money market accounts. You're just not doing the right thing. Most importantly, we'd like to show you how to either create an income plan or improve the current income plan that you have so that you can survive retirement. And when we look at the income gap that some people have, there are many, many choices and things that we can suggest. It could be as basic as a reverse mortgage, for example, which can create a credit line to live on. Or it could be um, taking money from one source and putting it into something else that's going to make more money for you. Um, a lot of things we do today are to create uh, income annuities so that you can accumulate for a certain period of time and then withdraw a guaranteed amount for the rest of your life. 
What I will tell you is that every single person who we meet with is thrilled that they have done so because they realize that we are truly looking out for them. And they either leave with a sense of, oh, I'm in the right shape. I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm going to be all right. I can retire. I was worried about it, but they assured me now that I have enough assets. I have enough you know, income that I'm going to be fine. And they're so relieved. And then other people who may have been feeling the same are relieved because we helped to set up a plan for them uh, that will do the same for them. So everybody's relieved when they come in and meet with us. But ultimately, you're responsible for your own life. You're responsible for the financial security of yourself and your spouse. You're the one who's going to be responsible to leave a legacy for your family. Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, once said, if you could kick the person in the pants responsible for most of your trouble, you wouldn't sit for a month. <laughs> because in the end... It's the decisions that we all make, isn't it? Yes. Well, we've got lots of suggestions and things that we can show you that would help you make more money, save more money. And um, it starts out with protection. If you want to protect your family, you need to have some kind of insurance. Right. We can show you how to do that. It can be permanent insurance. It can be term insurance, which is the least expensive insurance that you can have. And if you want to create an income plan, Step one is to sit down with uh, me or to sit down with Peter at USA Wealth Group. Call us, please, at 508-998-8858. And this is the time of year when people start thinking about resolutions. Do something for other people. Do something for your family. Take some action. And, Peter, you want to say a quick word about Toys for Tots? Let's help kids that don't have a Christmas. Yes, very quickly, um, please bring by a uh, present uh, unwrapped of any kind, and we are an official Toys for Tots drop-off center and office mascot, Willow. will be there to greet you and be very happy to see your generosity. Thank you for listening to MoneyWise Radio. Remember, none of us can be an expert at everything. Let the professionals at USA Wealth Group help protect you and your family. Have a safe week and a successful future.